trust the Lord, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless pain, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, to on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. death of Christ I Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media's production of How Do You Feel About Jesus? It is Monday night. It is about 7.24 or so, and uh, a little bit later than what I initially planned, but you know, when you have kids and uh, you know, your schedule changes and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you got to go to the grocery store. You just got paid. You got to go get some food for the house so the little ones don't uh, don't go hungry. So, uh, you know, you got to get the food. You got to make the food, and then um, and then you know what? You got to prepare the videos. So, uh, a little bit of that is uh, is on delay, and that's okay. I, I feel like uh, having my children up there is uh, probably a good priority of mine. Just saying. I don't know. I, I could be in the minority, but uh, I feel like that's a good, uh, good thing. Good reason to uh, be delayed tonight. So uh, I hope you all practiced a little patience in waiting for this video, because today's video is Jesus is patient, and uh, you know, ultimately we have quite a bit uh, to learn from Jesus in his patience, and. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus clearly gets portrayed as a very patient man. After all, he was surrounded by disciples who constantly doubted him, Pharisees and Sadducees who constantly attacked him and questioned whether or not what he was, uh, what he was saying, what he was doing was legitimate, was uh, for real, uh, or if he was just some, some kind of an imposter. And he had to continuously field those attacks and, and those questions and those doubts. Uh, he had large crowds of people who just would not uh, leave him alone. When they realized who he was or they saw who he was and they heard the rumors, they'd go around, they'd ask him, they'd talk to him, they'd want him to teach him, preach to him, and, uh, and he didn't disappoint. Um, despite all that stuff, uh, he, kept, he kept his composure. He responded appropriately to every individual. Uh, one of the most, uh, man, one of the, one of the best uh, versions, or versions, one of the best examples of Jesus' patience was uh, was that adulterous woman who was set to be stoned. Um, you know, he didn't jump to any conclusions. He didn't do anything, and he actually helped quell that woman, uh, that her punishment. He, you know, subside whatever punishment that was, and he got her. Uh, he he kind of, you know, he saved her life, uh, her physical life, 
and uh, potentially her spiritual life. We don't really read anything about her, how she, uh, how she handled her life after that incident. But, uh, but you know, for the moment, uh, he took care of her physically and spiritually. And, uh, and let's hope that, uh, let's hope she took what she took, what he, he did for her, uh, uh, for the, for the positive, for the remainder of her life. And, um, and so Jesus was a patient man. He was patient through everything. He was patient through his enduring uh, all that shame he took on the cross. He was patient with the the uh, the thieves on the cross, who one of them was ridiculing him, and uh, he was patient with everything, with the beating, the scourging. Um, I'm not saying he enjoyed any of that, and patience has nothing to do with enjoyment. Um, especially when you're going through tribulations or you're going through trying times like that. Patience does not require you enjoy yourself. Patience requires that you don't jump to any negative conclusions. Patience requires that you keep yourself composed, that you make sure that the example that you're setting, the things that you're doing, um, all that stuff is is coming across... Um, is coming across like you have no spite, you have no anger, you have no resentment, you have nothing that uh, that's forcing you to be how you are being, and uh, you know patience ultimately um, will give you something greater in the end. What, regardless of whatever that end is, uh, let's say you're being patient for Christmas, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna enjoy Christmas that much more. Let's think about let's think about all those all those young kids who haven't been able to exercise patience. They don't know what patience is, and so all year they're saying, "I want this for Christmas. I want that for Christmas. I want this for Christmas. I want that." When is Christmas gonna get here, man? Christmas takes so long. When's my birthday gonna come around? They want those presents, and then they are more likely to be disappointed with the type or the amount of presents that they get because they didn't exercise patience. And so it's a very tough lesson to learn. We typically learn it at an early early age. And, uh, and it's very, very necessary. Jesus demonstrates patience. He doesn't necessarily do a whole lot of preaching or teaching about patience. He does do quite a bit of his teaching and preaching, and we see on the, the Sermon on the Mount in, early in the book of Matthew. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't go through the book of Matthew and see if there was any examples of what he said for, that, about patience or being patient or being long-suffering. Uh, long-suffering is a term most of the time used in the New King James today. I'll be using the New King James quite a bit, and uh, I've used a couple uh, couple excerpts from the English Standard Version. But uh, I went through. I, I like. I'm a bit. I'm a big proponent of the New King James uh, for the for the majority of my life. For the majority of my reading, I like the New King James. I will go to other versions, especially whenever I can't quite fully comprehend what the the language or the verbiage is in the New King James, but um, for the most part, whenever I choose to read um, a version of the Bible, I choose to read the New King James. So that's my that's my uh, choice for the most part whenever I do things like that. But again, I'm not opposed to reading other versions. I'm not opposed to quoting other versions. I'm not opposed to um, making... Um, you know, making references to other versions because, let's face it, every version is has its has its credibility. Every version probably has its um, its rebuke in some way. Some people are able to you know to trash it uh, or whatever in some capacity because it doesn't coincide with the version that they like. Um, they say that it uh, 
it leaves out things. There, there's a big debate about which versions of the Bible leave out Scripture or modify Scripture. And so, you know, you, you hear about uh, Old Testament uh, Old Testament verses. I don't know exactly the verse, but uh, don't, take, don't add to or take away from God's words. And, um, and so there's a big debate about that. But, you know, we have, this, we have this need to, number one, kind of be patient in that regard. Because we weren't there when the Bible was created in its entirety. We weren't there when the letters were written by the different apostles or the different disciples or anybody who was there who was around Jesus or who was influenced by his followers. We weren't there for any of that. And, uh, and we have to go on a lot of faith. We have to try to make sure that what we do is as, um, as faith-based as possible because... When we read whichever version, those versions were created basically with King James, and uh, they were translated into English, and uh, and they were, you know, there was there's a a big debate on which version of the Bible um, is used and, and why it was created, and how some versions, uh, you know, some of the versions that aren't in English, they kind of don't really emphasize things like uh, like why King James wanted the Bible translated in English so he could get a divorce because one of his queens uh, at the time didn't bear him a son. And so, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of arguments as to why, which version of the Bible is better than that version of the Bible. But if you break it down to its brass tacks, the Bible is awesome. The Bible, not the new King James, not the King James, not the NIV, the ESV, the ASVP, the BPCP, not any of those different versions, just the Bible alone. And we have to take it on faith that what we are doing, number one, is what God say, what God said to do or what the Bible says to do. We got to make sure that what we are trying to read, trying to understand is God is instructing us to act in a certain way, to be a certain example for people and... Uh, and we have to truly, truly understand that, that faith has to be the thing that causes us to be the Christian that we want to be or that we strive to be. And so uh, that was kind of a long rendition of why I, I don't choose any specific version of the Bible. Um, I grew up liking the New King James, so that's the one I kind of gravitate towards. But I still do kind of get caught up in the in the language of it because it's still an old English version. And... Uh, you know, with, with today's vernacular, Old English just does not translate. So, so anyways, uh, that's uh, Versions of the Bible by the Average Joe Boo. So um, today we're talking about patient, how the Lord is patient, how Jesus has exhibited his patience in several situations, how he's a great example for us, and how patience is something that we should strive to uh, practice every day, or if we can't practice it, if we struggle to practice it, we should try to uh, develop that patience and make sure that we have some patience that uh, that we can pull from whenever we're tried or in, in some kind of trying time. So um, the first thing I want to look at is that the Lord is patient. Second Peter 3, verse 8 and 9, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but perish, but should all, all should come to repentance. 
Now, that's, I mean, God's patience, Jesus' patience, the patience of the Holy Spirit, patience of any entity greater, higher than us is beyond comprehension. Um, 1,000 years and, and Jesus, and it's like one day to God. It's one day to Jesus. Jesus is with God right now. And so, um, you know, it. we can't really fathom it. So, you know, we have to try to understand that that God is trying to be patient with his people. God is trying to be patient with people who aren't his yet, who haven't made a choice to follow God's word, to uh, to love Jesus, to look at Jesus uh, with, um, you know, with the promises that God has given through him. And, uh, and so God has got to be patient in some capacity. And if you look at it, if you just look at the basic Bible definition of how long the, uh, the earth has been around, 6,000 years, 6,500 years, something like that. Um, I mean, to God, that's like a day. And so um, he's been extremely patient if you're looking at it from, from the eyeglass of, of man and how it's been, you know, 6,000 years or so since man was created and, and, how, um, and how God hasn't just done away with all of us right now. And so God's been extremely patient in that regard. But in another regard, he hasn't had to be that patient because he's God. And it's been like one day. So, you know, he can give us as much time as, as he thinks we need as his people or as his creation to try to, uh, to, try to come to him for what we need. And so it, patience is riddled throughout the Bible. I took about 20 to 25 verses or so to try to emphasize this point of, of gaining, exercising, practicing patience. And so we have some advice from the Old Testament that uh, from Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8 and 9, better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for angry lodges in the hearts of fools. And so, I mean, ultimately you have a, you have a thing, number one, that... You have this this idea of waiting for something is way better, way better than how waiting for something to happen there at the end is way better than the beginning of that thing. Also, you have that uh, that it's it's better to be patient because uh, if you're not, then anger is what's the result, and anger rests in the heart of fools. So. Um, I mean, you've also heard the, the, the verse, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Um, that, is, that is a way to exercise patience. Again, I wish I had the verses memorized. I don't because I struggle with my memory, and so that's maybe why I like Sudoku puzzles so much. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the verse, but that verse is in the Bible. Anybody that's listening, if you do know it, uh, throw it up there on the comments page, and uh, and I'll I'll share it out. But uh, be be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. That is how you exercise patience. Um, if you think about issues uh, or, or life changes that we go through, having kids, having a job, having a boss that we have to uh, that we have to answer to, having parents that we have to answer to. I mean, you have to, in some capacity, be quick to hear what is being said slow to that wrath that might ensue if you don't listen appropriately 
And so um, that's just one way to exercise patience. And for the most part, a lot of that is found in the Old Testament. And, uh, and it's been around for such a long time that patience should be at the heart of, of, of every Christian, of every person. Um, but especially if you're trying to emulate Christ, if you're trying to be a Christian, live a righteous life in some capacity, um, then patience needs to be at the heart of it. You'll also see some of these other characteristics. Uh, you'll see forgiveness, I believe. You'll see love. You'll see humility. You'll see that they're all intertwined with patience. And, uh, and someone without love really isn't ever going to be patient. Somebody without humility, again, isn't really ever going to be patient. And so we also have some other verses. Bear with me here. Psalm 37, verses 7 through 9. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And so that's, uh, I mean, how many times have you looked at someone who, um, who was successful in a venture that you despise that that is just potentially one of the most heinous of things um joey and i we we went to help that craft fit 5k and people are prospering at the expense of human trafficking and so they are becoming wealthy and wealthy and wealthier than they can they could have even imagined before they got into that and they are doing something that is despicable absolutely despicable but this verse here, Psalm 37, 7 through 9, do not fret because of someone who prospers and brings wicked schemes to pass. I mean, do not, do not lose heart because there are people out there like that. Wait on the Lord and you shall inherit the earth. Proverbs 14, verse 29, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. And so this, again, the same basic idea be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If you are slow to anger, you have the ability or you are exercising your ability to process whatever it is that you just heard, saw, or were exposed to. And uh, But if you react impulsively, you see this all the time in teenagers, especially in my high school uh, career. You see this extremely uh, rampant among the teenage uh, groups and, you know, something happens on social media and then the next day a fight breaks out or something like that because they are quick to act. They, tr they, think, that whoever, they think that whoever spoke evil of them has some great power over them unless they, you know, come back at them with some kind of an aggressive response. And so it's a, it's a very disheartening thing to see. But uh, if someone, I, I try to tell my soccer players this all the time because a few of them have gotten into some altercations or some situations where it's easy to be quick to quick to become angry, and uh, I try to tell them all the time, if you just don't give into it, if you just don't let it bother you, you are going to be looked up to by so many people, and you, it may not happen today, it may not happen within the next week or so, but everybody who knows about the situation, anybody and everybody who knows about the situation, will respect you more for stepping aside and just not letting somebody who is petty just undermine and, and get at you and cause you to freak out, cause you to be impulsive, cause you to be angry. Proverbs 15, verse 18 
It says, uh, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he was slow to anger, uh, allays contention. And so um, you have several, several examples there where patience is the root of the verses. Patience is what causes you to not be quick to wrath. Patience is what helps you not stir up that strife. Patience is what helps you has that understanding. And, uh, and, and those are just ways to exhibit that patience, ways to let other people see, hey, I'm not easily, easily brought to anger, so you're going to have to, you're going to really have to try if you want to get me angry. I've always felt like I was one of those people. Um, there's, uh, Joe will tell you all the time in our other podcast that, uh, that I, that he tries to get at me. And there are very few things that uh, that I let get to me, just because, you know, for the sake of for the sake of whatever it's being said, he's being silly for the most part. Uh, he's rarely ever trying to be make it a personal attack, if ever. I don't think he ever is, but uh, but there's sometimes when we've had a heated conversation, and uh, because we have a strong disagreement, and for the most part, it's probably a uh, strong miscommunication that causes that disagreement, and then after we talk for a minute, after we take a breath, uh, we both realize that we're either saying the exact same thing, or we don't have to agree on everything, and so, uh, and so cooler heads always prevail when two people can look at a situation regardless of feelings involved, and they can, uh, they can come to some version of an agreement, and, uh, and they can understand what was going on. But whenever, man, whenever you're quick to jump to some kind of conclusions, whenever you're impulsive, it just, it creates nothing but strife between you and whomever or whatever is going on. Proverbs 16, verse 32, we have, uh, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit uh, than he who takes a city. Again, if you are slow to anger, you are exhibiting patience. You could you could basically rephrase this to say someone who is patient, who exhibits patience, is better than someone who is just completely physically strong, who is just some beast uh, of a man. And uh, I mean, that's not what it says. And I'm not adding to the Bible, so don't uh, don't think that I am. But um, if you can exhibit patience, you are you are more mighty. You are better than someone who can do whatever they want because of what they look like or how they conduct themselves. Uh, Isaiah 30, verse 18, we see here, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may grow, that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And so, again, here we're seeing that uh, that there are extreme benefits of being patient um, whenever it comes to waiting on God and waiting for waiting on Jesus, waiting on that promise to be fulfilled through Jesus. And uh, there are great benefits. You are happy. You are blessed. You are you are a much better person if you wait on God, wait on Jesus, than you are if you're not being patient for Him. And then we kind of look at some Old Testament examples. We see that uh, in Genesis 29, verse 20, this is a very, very well-known Bible story. Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you for seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you 
than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. Now, you'll remember the rest of the story if you know much about Bible uh, stories. Um, Jacob served seven years, and then at a banquet, Laban gave him his oldest daughter, Leah. And, uh, you know, and this this kind of got to, to Jacob, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our agreement was for, for Rachel. And, um, and so, and you also see in that, that passage that I put up there that seven years seemed like only a few days because of how much love he had for her. I mean, how, when's the last time you can say something like that, that, that because of the feelings you had for somebody, because of the love you had for somebody, the amount of time that it took between when you saw them one time and when you got to be with them or see them the next time felt like minutes felt like weeks felt like just days instead of years or months and uh, I mean when's the last time anybody really said that because patience is such a difficult thing to truly master nobody masters it I would say completely because there are still situations where it's very easy to become impulsive or it's very easy to want something to happen right now especially in the day and age we live in. I'm coming live to you from Facebook, and so you're getting this right now. And so, um, anyways, it just, when's the last time that something felt so quick to you to where it was kind of like you had that that verse that talked about God where a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years. Time is irrelevant, and it's, you know what, patience can do that for you. If you are so excited, if you love Christmas, Christmas happens in the 365 days pass. Man, if you are patient, 365 days is not that long, and it does not happen that quickly. Uh, I see here that uh, that Joe commented, when it comes to patience, a few of my favorites uh, I've saved for, for this uh, virtue. When you're facing frustration and even fear, waiting on an answer, news, or an outcome, result, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen you. Uh, he shows a little more. I'm a little limited in what I can and can't see, but, uh, but I mean, absolutely, Joe, absolutely, when it comes to patience, uh, be of good courage, wait on the Lord, the Lord will give you strength. Again, that ties into what we talked about last week with strength. Uh, Jesus is strength. Um, if he can be that source of strength, he can be that strength you need to have patience. And so um, it's extremely, extremely valuable. Again, having having that patience pretty much requires that you have these other characteristics that we've talked about as well. Another Bible story we have here 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 14. This is a little bit of a lengthy read, so, uh, so bear with me. I'm going to try to read through it here and figure out where I'm at. Goodness. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? 
Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at that place, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and a burnt offering uh, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God when he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And so um, Samuel here was, was impa- or Saul, excuse me, was impatient he he didn't feel like the timing was right or that uh, that he maybe he felt like he was waiting too long and so he got a little antsy he um, what's that word that I used earlier became uh, a little bit impulsive with that burnt offering and he felt like that was what would would take him over the edge uh, with the Philistines and that is actually not what um, what God had wanted what the Lord had commanded and Samuel's telling him because of this, now David is going to be the successor, and that the, his kingdom would last forever. And if you, and if you know much about the lineage um, of Jesus, David is in that lineage, and so Jesus' kingdom, the God's kingdom through Jesus, Jesus is the cornerstone, and uh, and that kingdom is going to last forever. And so, um, and so Saul had he. Had he just waited, based on what the Lord had commanded, the Lord then Jesus would have become through the lineage of Saul, and it's that simple. Uh, at least it, it's that simple in my mind. Yeah, I could be wrong. All you Bible scholars out there that know ton more than me are probably going to dissect this whenever you hear it, if you ever hear it. But uh, but because he wasn't patient, he lost potentially the the lineage. Uh, let's call it the lineage rights, let's call it, uh, of Jesus and all the things that happened in order for Jesus to be who he was on this earth. And so instead of it being Saul, it was David. David was a man after God's own heart, and uh, and he was the successor to Saul. And so, um, and so to me, patience there, the Old Testament, again, riddled with examples of how and when to be patient, and and Saul just was he just was impatient, and it cost him it cost him his forever kingdom, if you want to call it that. And so, um, and so here we have uh, once we get out of the Old Testament, we start getting into some of the promises that we see or some of the teachings that we start to gravitate to. Uh, we have uh, New Testament exhortations. So, in uh, in Second Timothy four verse two. We have to preach the word, uh, be instant, in season, and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. In Colossians 3, verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Again, humility meekness those things i talked about a couple weeks ago and uh, and they are they are 
intertwined with patience. Ephesians 4, verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Guys, I know I'm taking some of these verses out of their basic context, but if you just take these things, these little pieces of advice, regardless of their context, you use them for yourself. Because the Bible, in my opinion, is written to you. It's written to me. When we read it, we should read it with an internal microscope. We should read it with the idea that it is for me and that it is not for everyone to do what I think. It's for everyone to do what will get them on the right path uh, towards God. And so uh, it, I, I may be saying that wrong, but I feel like the Bible is a very, very personal document. And that it is not—it is not for me to tell you how you should interpret or how you should read it. There are some things that are um, that are just plain. You read it, and how could it be? How could it mean anything different? How could you really have a debate about it? Um, but there are some things where people struggle to understand, struggle to um, to do what other people think they should do. Baptism is one of those, and I'm sure baptism will be uh, a, uh, a topic that I may cover one day. But um, I, had a, I have a friend of mine, a great friend of mine. He, uh, we, had a, we had a discussion from midnight to 5 a.m. Uh, don't ask why we picked those hours, but uh, we started the discussion, and then um, we started the discussion, and then we just kept going. I mean, we kept trying to either refute or or stand our ground and prove our own points and you know you look down at your watch and it's 3 a.m you look down again it's 4 a.m you look down again it's 5 a.m number one that that contributes to the quality of the discussion that we had number two that contributes to the uh to the uh, passion with which both of us were trying to get our points across and you know what honestly we probably were saying a lot of the same thing and uh, and maybe only disagreeing on on very very few very small points, and you know maybe they were big points. I don't know. We'll we'll have to find out. And so uh, so anyways, but take these contexts, read them with a personal and internal microscope. Uh, we'll look at Galatians six verse nine, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so, uh, I mean. The New Testament continues with, um, with exhortations, with with things, with lessons, with ideas of how to be patient, how to exhibit that patience. If you look at First Corinthians thirteen verse four, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Again, love, love requires that you be patient, that you be long suffering. Philippians 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How can you, how can you take that and, and think that there is no patience involved there? You know, I'm not trying to talk about anxiety uh, or, uh, you know, mental health here. But uh, I've been anxious before. I've been anxious for something to happen and... It's caused me not to 
be patient. I was anxious to build this podcast table uh, before last Saturday with the Highly Unapologetic podcast coming in and, and doing that crossover that we did. So I went and paid for all the material and came in and built it up and and I think it served us well, but uh, and I was I was anxious to get that going. I really, really, really wanted it to happen, and I didn't want to fall short before Saturday. So, uh, but I mean, and you know what? Some that's part of the anxious we're talking about. We're not trying to say don't worry about things, don't don't have some kind of relative healthy fear about things, but um, you know, let those requests be made known to God. And later in that verse, it talks about how. Um, the uh, a peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And so if we let those requests be made known to God, if we give up that, uh, that feeling of trying to control things and, uh, and we exhibit a little patience in, in things that we have, whether it be fear, whether it be things we want, um, then patience will, will provide, will, will create some kind of fruit there, especially if we have prayer, and we uh, bring uh, those supplications to God with thanksgiving. Romans 12, 9 through 12. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. This is something that, number one, we could do several, several uh segments on and probably will it's a suggestion from joe that uh he actually took the majority of this verse and talked about basically christian conduct and uh, but they're patient in tribulation this this shows several things that are just intertwined we have brotherly love uh not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord uh rejoice uh rejoicing in hope being prayerful being kindly affectionate to one another um, don't be hypocritical. It's talking about love. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. I mean, all these things are intertwined with where, with how patience can manifest itself. And so, um, so you have several, several different things that you can, uh, that you can say that patience, it, you require these things to have patience, or if you have patience, then then these things also may become easily to you. It's easy because you have patience to abhor things that are evil and cling to things that are good. It's easy to love without hypocrisy because you have patience. And so they're intertwined. I'm not going to say that you must have one without the other. I'm not going to have the chicken or the egg debate with patience and other characteristics that Jesus has. But legitimately speaking, if you have one, then having the others is easy or is is already something that you have. And so you you have to kind of make sure that that you don't just pick and choose the char- the character the characteristic the characteristics that you have that you emulate for Jesus. You have to try in some capacity to emulate all of them and when you fall short, you have to try to practice or develop those ways that you fall short. And so um, we also have a story. We have some examples of uh, of some things where patience really either was a good thing or a bad thing, and uh, you know the lack of patience or the uh, exhibiting patience uh, came 
came to fruition in some capacity. Luke 15, verse 11 through 24, this is the parable of the, uh, the lost son. Then he said, uh, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all uh, together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to, to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And so you have several, several examples there where um, we actually only have one example where his where the youngest son's patience, I guess, wore thin uh, or he was tired of living in someone's shadow or something. And uh, and you have. Um, you have the result. You have the end result. This this younger son wanted what he wanted, what he was owed, and the father gave it to him. Here you go, and he took it and he squandered it all. He lost it all, and uh, and then whenever he was trying to regain some some livelihood, he was working uh, for this guy and he was feeding the pigs. He was feeding and. and he would have gladly eaten what the pigs were eating. But instead, he still didn't have anything. He really didn't get anything to eat. But the servants of his father's house had bread to spare. And so he had to humble himself and go home and basically ask forgiveness uh, because he acted hastily, because he was not patient, because he did not wait for the best possible thing that he could have had, which would have been... Uh, m- you know, being able to actually enjoy his father's estate or uh, or his inheritance, whether that be when his father passed away or whatever it was, um, whatever the situation was, he said, "I want it now," and so he he got it. He left. He was done with his father's house, uh, just to be brought back out of some sort of humbling experience that uh, that brought him lower than what he felt like he wanted to be or or where he felt like he should have been. And so, and it all it all came out of a lack of patience. And so, uh, you read a little further. The older son uh, actually was a little resentful because of this. He's like, "I've been here the whole time, and you haven't killed a fatted calf for me." And uh, you know that that kind of goes into some of the um, the getting angry quickly, the being impulsive, and uh, and and coming to wrath quickly. And so, you know, that older son there, if you read down, it, it says how angry he was and, uh, and how he talked to his father. And, um, you know, had he just 
was has he had he been slow to anger, slow to wrath, then he may have understood it was the best possible thing. It was one of the most joyous things for a father to have his son home and to make sure that he was taken care of. And uh, especially whenever um, there was a, there was a point in time where he thought he was dead, hadn't heard from him for potentially years. I mean, we don't know how long it was, but we don't know how long it was. Therefore, his reaction probably means that much more, that it was probably quite a long time. And so um, so we have where patience there was was a negative outcome. In Romans 8, 24 through 30, we have, uh, for we were saved in this hope. Um, that it is that is seen, oh my goodness, I, I, my dyslexia is kicking in. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself make, makes intercession for us with, groaning, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose, for him, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, that he, uh, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Goodness, you kind of see there why sometimes the New King James Version is a little difficult to, uh, to read with all the he's and the how's and the and uh, and of these, and uh, but um, n- it, there at the beginning, talking about the hope that we have, the hope where uh, we can't see what we're hoping for, and so and if we can't see what we're hoping for, then uh, then it requires us to be perseverant. It requires us to be patient, because if we can see what it is, it's it's not hope. I mean. If I'm hoping to get a new table saw from my garage or if I'm hoping to get a new tool and I can go to Lowe's and see how much it costs and I can see what I need to do to get it, it's, it's not hope. It's just that's a plan to purchase something. That is, uh, that's just a desire. That's a want that I have, but it's not really hope. I can see it. Um, here, this, this idea of heaven, this crown that we want to get at the end of our life, that is wanting to get that. That is the hope that we have that is what we have to have patience and perseverance for and uh, and without that um it, there's a there's a solid chance that we may not obtain it uh, romans 5 verses 1 through 5 therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through him we also have obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of god not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so this verse, this verse, here you see the word endurance, you see the word suffering, 
those things are what patience is, and patience produces character, produces hope, and uh, and those things don't put us to shame. I believe this was the English Standard Version of this verse, and you can see you can kind of see there how it's a little bit easier to read than what we just kind of went through. But uh, but patience here. Um, we've been justified by our faith. Our faith requires patience, that we have patience. Um, we have peace with God through Jesus. Through him we've obtained access by grace, by faith into this grace in, in which we stand, and that, uh, that our sufferings produce endurance. Our long-suffering, our patience in, produces more patience. You can you can pretty much read it like that, and so um, and so the last uh, actually that may be the last thing. Get it? But uh, but guys, you have you have so many characteristics of Jesus that you could that you could emulate, and that it's necessary that if you want to walk in His footsteps, if you want to try to be righteous like him which is impossible let's face it we're going to fall short but you can't in any way shape or form try to follow him without emulating and trying to develop these own these characteristics within yourself and so it's extremely necessary that you try to make these characteristics when you try to put them to practice when you try to develop them in your own life to make them intertwine with themselves you cannot be unloving and then presume to be patient you cannot be arrogant and then assume you have love or patience or uh, strength uh, through Jesus I mean there's there's so many things that you have to make sure they all work together and uh, and even still in in that Romans five passage, you see that all things work together to for good uh, to those who love the Lord. Let me pull that up again. Make sure I got that right. Uh, it's either Romans five or or the previous one. Uh, it's the Romans eight, not Romans five. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And so. Um, I mean, trying to emulate those things, all that stuff is going to work together for good. Even if you fail in those things, if you continuously try to emulate, if you continuously try to do those things, that to me, because I'm a teacher, because kids fail whenever they're doing something all the time, especially in math, uh, failure is when you quit trying to do something. Success is whenever you fail at something and continue to try to be successful. You continue to try to attain whatever it is that you are missing out on, whatever it is that you are, whatever boat you're missing. And uh, and so we're going to fall short, we're going to fail, but it is imperative on us as Christians, as people who want to be successful, who want to attain that promise, that we continue to try to be righteous and we continue to try and live uh, uh, in Jesus' footsteps. And, um, you know, this one went a little longer than what I had anticipated. I only anticipated 20, 30 minutes, but uh, we're, we're coming close to an hour, and that's okay because, uh, you know, this is, this is an important one. This is one that's very, very easy to put into practice uh, in terms of you can see um, you can see when somebody is losing their patience here. You can tell when you are yourself losing your patience. 
And, um, and so this one is a Bible trait. It's a Jesus trait. It's a God trait that we need to have, and it's very easy to see when we are or when we are not exhibiting those things. And so we have, um, we have several, several examples to look at. And hopefully that uh, that I've brought a couple of these to light. Hopefully we've had quite a bit of uh, uh, we've had quite a bit of uh, actually we've had quite a bit more um, interaction there today than than before. Maybe it's because I was on for an hour and I had I gave people time. But uh, maybe maybe we do that more often. Who knows? But uh, but guys, whenever you whenever you come to a situation where it's easy to lose your patience, be slow to be slow to speak, be slow to wrath. Think about it. Be quick to hear. Uh, quick to try to understand what's going on before you react impulsively and uh, and try to exhibit more patience throughout the struggles and the trials that you come through uh, or come into contact with on a daily basis. Um, patience is extremely, extremely important. Very difficult to, uh, to keep constant in your life, but very necessary and, uh, and very easy to see when you've exhibited that patience and when you have not. Um, hopefully next Monday you guys tune in and, uh, and you enjoy a little bit more of, of how do you feel about Jesus and uh, come up with the next uh, either characteristic of Jesus or the next, uh, next potential series of things. I know I was pro- said I was probably going to do about eight, but you know this is number five, and I may do another, but we're getting pretty close into uh, things that we need to do as Christians and, uh, and, and ways that we can exhibit that in our daily life. Uh, But until next time, I'm the Average Joe Boo of Average Joe's Media, and this is How Do You Feel About Jesus. Of man.